Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. I'm Benjamin. I nearly forgot to speak then. I'm Benjamin Halden. Yeah. This is going to be the first episode of season number three. Yeah. It feels so weird. I feel weird that the camera's on now. It makes me feel a little bit nervous. But um, We're so used to that, aren't we? Season three. The reason why... Well, we weren't going to do season three, as you probably heard, until we get the new house and we get the new podcast set up. But we thought, why wait? Like I said, dive into now. We are currently sitting at number two in the, the fitness podcast chart, which is great. So it's a nice, nice start, nice time to kick off with. Indeed. Feels quite nice to be sitting opposite you for once talking to you. I think it's you. a bit weird. I'm so used to just being next to you because like, obviously right. we always have, oh, I hate that so much. It actually kills my freaking soul. So yeah, I find it weird being sat opposite Ben just because usually like we do show notes before we do the podcast. And we, I can kind of see his show notes, like what he's basing himself off. But today I'm just like, I don't have a clue what he's going to talk about. But it always oh, makes do, it quite interesting. Do a little bit, but I think this season three would be good because I know a lot of people like watching us and you can now see my beautiful face as well as everyone else, which is ideal. The other thing just to introduce as well, we're almost going like down, oh, obviously not a bad thing, down the, the Joe Rogan route because I now love we've also, we've also got route. Cal. He's gonna be he's gonna be tuning in. You may hear him pipe up every now and again. He's gonna be what would you what would you describe yourself as, Carl? Uh, just like just like the more handsome version. Of <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna argue that fact. But he's gonna be chiming in with bits of intelligence and quick quick bits of information that we basically need for the podcast. So Carl's gonna be doing that as well as operating some of the cameras, which is great. For those who don't know, Carl is the content creator and manager for the school and now the podcast as well, also. So it basically makes shit look good. We're going to be starting fresh with this new series um, and moving forward, just to quickly touch on, because I know we touched on the last podcast for anyone who's just kind of tuning in for season three, is that we are going to be kicking, well, I think we'll be kicking off the enrollment. will be all the open by the time this podcast goes out for the motivation event. Yeah, because the, the five-day free motivation event starts on the 22nd of February. However, you can enroll as of the 14th. So, Next, when this podcast goes up next week, you will be able to click a link in the show notes or the link will be on the My Coach School or mine and Ben's. Inst- it's so freaking accessible. You'll see the yeah. link everywhere because thousands of people join. So it's really, really going to be incredible yeah. for that I whole will, event. I'll try and leave the link as well in the... Um, <laughs> you say that every box. week. No, you? because it isn't live yet. So I think this will be live. By oh, the time okay, so I, I understand. The other thing just to touch on before we kick off this week's podcast is... We've currently got the podcast review competition running. Yes, we do. So there's a big, big prize for that we mentioned in the last one. For anyone who's just watching on YouTube, there's going to be um, a free year on the Micro School. Um, you'll be first to use the Micro School app when it releases in a couple of months' time. There is going to be some supplement bundles. There's going to be a Gymshark voucher. There's going to be... All of the My Coach Gold products, so yes. the Beauty Loots, the bands, the new release of the barbell pads, the long resistance bands, the clarity bottles, the t-shirts. So you do get an awful lot and that's only for just doing a cheeky little review the of podcast. the podcast. Also, if you if you want to be in a better chance of doing it, then get other people to leave reviews or leave a review on iTunes and then also drop a comment on this YouTube video as well. Oh yeah, there you go. Just thinking on a win. That's how to get yourself out there more. Also what I'm just going to do as well, because we, we can show it more, is I'm going to ask Cal just to, to grab some story bits of us recording today as well so we can we can ping up on story whilst whilst you're watching and kind of yeah, tune in and get a little great. glimpse. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I agree there. But today's episode is going to be 
on rapid fat loss. And there's going to be a lot more to this rather than just focusing on fat loss. There's going to be a lot more subcategories to it. I think it'd be quite interesting and you'll come away from it with a better understanding of fat loss and how to approach it without just thinking about fat loss. I don't know, that's kind of like a, a two-aided, two-bladed. Two-ended sword. Yeah. But the thing is with fat loss, it's very, it's kind of like, it's a really complex topic. However, it can be made easy in terms of what you see on social media and what you see on Instagram, people really overcomplicate it. So it yeah. makes it confusing for the people. However, like with the podcast today, we just want to tell you about fat loss. We want to give you more information, but not even just on fat loss as well. I know Ben's going to go into quite a lot of detail about maintenance calories and surplus calories because people seem to be absolutely terrified of being in maintenance or being in surplus. So there's definitely a few things that we want to touch on today. And I think the first thing we're going to dive into is the calorie calculator. Yeah, I just want to note as well that even if your goal is fat loss, you should still be wanting to build muscle anyway. Like you should still be wanting to get massive anyway. You know what I mean? It, sh- it should never be the goal it's just shape. to lose fat loss. It, yeah, it's, exactly. It's to shape your body. Like I always say to people, you don't want to end up looking like an empty Asda bag just because you lost a load of fat. Yeah, exactly. I agree and with that. just another one important to note is that to express the importance still of food quality, macro and micronutrient balance, and then also obviously individuals physiological and psychological differences when it comes to dieting as well which is really important just to, to kick off on before we we go into the realms of fat loss yeah definitely now first things first we have a calorie calculator that is very accurate sorry indeed. can you say that again we have a calorie calculator why did, did i say something wrong i just want to promote your home to people a little bit oh more. yeah no we do have a free calorie calculator and it is from the harris benedict formula it's very accurate. It's the most accurate calorie calculator you can get. And the thing is with calorie calculators, it's just a really fantastic guidance to go off of your calories. And it can be, I mean, it can be anything. You can know your deficit. You can know like quite an extreme deficit. You can know a maintenance calories. You can know your surplus. But as Ben just said before, they're completely individual. So you can't compare your calorie intake to someone else's. And this is why me and Ben don't really share our calories on social media because how the fuck is that going to help you? People always ask for, well, but what are your calories completely different to yours? I think what a lot of people need to understand as well is though, even with the calorie calculator, it isn't 100% accurate. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, it's not the pinnacle of where your weight loss needs to be. Like it doesn't know to the exact where your TD is like or where your training's at it doesn't know all it does is it's got like an activity multiplier so it kind of looks at how many training days you do and then multiplies it. it's guessing at what your training is mm. it's guessing it at the intensity you're training at it's not 100 percent accurate your movement changes day to day your movement isn't exactly the same every single day so it's it's a it's not a stab in the dark but it gives you a guideline of where around you need to be then what you do when you take those calories is to then adapt based on the response and this is why the tracking in part is really important when it comes to weight loss because god apologies no it's disgusting okay (laughs) (laughs) when we come to the tracking part this is where we get feedback from the calories that are on so if we're adhering to those calories by 100 percent, then and we're losing weight on those calories that have been set from the calorie calculator great if it's too quick we need to 
bump calories back up a little bit. Yeah. If we're not losing weight at all, then we need to maybe bring them down a little bit. So just you've got to you've got to give some leeway with it. It's it's a rough estimate to where calories should be based on that. Just to kind of give a quick disclaimer before we we dive in. Yeah, and also on that, it's obviously to do with your sex, your age, your height, weight, and physical activity levels. But even if somebody was the same age, height, and weight as me they might find their calories are completely different because I'm freaking so active and I've got a lot of muscle. So you can't even compare to someone's exact stats. You've got to go off yourself. And as Ben said, it is an estimate of what your calories are going to be. And you then have to manipulate those in the best way possible to follow something sustainable Mm -hmm. and something you can stick to. And this is why with our calorie calculator, we always say to people, And we recommend to them to go for the mild weight loss first, which is losing around 0.5 pounds per week, which is what's recommended. And that's pretty damn sustainable. We get a lot of questions about the extreme weight loss section. Just to give people a note, is the the calorie calculator link on the micro school Instagram? Yes, it is. Okay, you can find it there. Also, of course. We'll, put, we'll put the link into the new YouTube channel as well for anyone who's listening on iTunes and Spotify, just so if you want to watch this yeah. rather than listen to us, because we usually look better than we sound, then... Speak for yourself. <laughs> you can jump onto the YouTube channel as well, but I, I dig- digress. You may continue. Thank you. Yeah, the extreme weight loss is a calorie target on the Harris-Benedict calculator on the formula you cannot just cut off half the half the equation it's it's part of the equation and it is for extreme weight loss we only recommend this for those who are implementing diet breaks I know Ben's going to go into this more we have so many coaching videos on diet breaks on calorie deficits on calories on the my coach school and we always recommend people to watch them because in the past people like oh my god can't believe you promote 800 calories well yeah well, no, we're not promoting it. It's part of the formula and you've got to use your head. You've got to learn from us and what we've recommended. Are you going to do a diet break? Are you not? How long is your deficit? Where do your calories need to be? It is something to go off. We're not saying do those calories. It's what we recommend. Well, this is where the the podcast kind of popped its head. Well, the topic kind of reared its head up from is because we had a couple of questions about it and then I think someone tagged in a store the other day like, can't believe you are recommending these calories. And this is where people have, have taken things completely out of context and just ran away with, with numbers without guidance. Yeah. Like, the, you need to put things into context. You can't just take things as so black and white. And that's why on the micro school, we have coaching videos, we have training videos for how to use these calories, when to use these calories, how long for. Like, it's important to take things in it as its whole and, and not just like a small piece of the pie because then that's when you will become misconstrued with mm-hmm. the information that's been, been given out. And I'm going to go deeper into this, but the, the reason why there is an extreme calorie intake and it, you'll always see them on calorie calculators everywhere with the, with the Harris Bennett formula is that there's a small number of people who are actually, will actually clinically need them. Yeah. Like we'll need clinically to have that lower calories or you're going to fucking die. Like for people who are massively obese and that's where the whole soup and shake diet came from. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, I um, bashed it from a standpoint of people who don't need this kind of diet people who aren't type 2 diabetic and need to go into remission or people aren't who aren't clinically obese don't need that diet and that's why i was trying to push them away from it but there's people who are going to fucking die there's people who need to be on that calorie intake there's people who are obese and need an immediate life change who those calories are apparent to it's not i'm not saying it's for everyone that's why you need to watch 
the coaching videos and watch the content that we produce around that and take note and not just dive into that and take it as for what it is. And there's people who have stuck to these calories and have changed their lives from a medical standpoint. They now don't need as much insulin. They're, they're now not dependent on it. They're now in, in remission. Um, and that's a big part of why it then ties into when it comes to maybe looking at more aggressive calorie intakes, why we use other methods such as diet breaks. Yeah, and with the calorie calculator as well, if you're somebody who just needs to drop a little bit of fat, logically, why would you suddenly think that you need to go to extreme weight loss? Do you know what I mean? You just That's not the first thing you jump to. And that's why it literally says at the top of the calorie calculator, we recommend mild weight loss calories. Yeah. So don't think about the fastest way possible to do something and to lose fat because to tell you quite frankly you won't you won't achieve what you want to achieve because yeah you might lose fat for the first two weeks and it's great but then what do you do after that that wasn't your if you're already like a healthy weight you know what I mean you're absolutely fine you just want to drop a little bit of body fat don't just suddenly dive in at the deep end because you'll have absolutely nowhere to go if you cut your calories so significantly you'll find you're just going to have to reverse yourself back up well that's why we know that when it comes to diets the main problem is with sustainability like and, and sustaining that that weight loss has been lost like, yeah that's people what I mean. people people lose weight easy like a lot you'll find people are successful with weight loss the hindrance comes when it comes to sustaining that weight loss because they don't follow a process that's sustainable in the long term mm-hmm. it's just bang get the weight off gone and that's why rapid weight loss is good when it comes into context of what we're going to go through today yeah, you can dive in with diet so breaks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off with diet breaks. And this is something that I've spoken about before. Some people may be aware of it. Some people may not be. So bear with me. Um, but a diet break is pretty much where we will eat at maintenance calories for a period of time. And just to kind of give this disclaimer, weight will go up in this period. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people are scared of doing diet breaks sometimes because when we bring calories up to maintenance, there's a couple of things that happen that we have extra glycogen storage, we have extra watergen storage. We have watergen. Watergen, did I say? <laughs> yeah, you said glycogen and I'm watergen. I'm carried away with these terms, aren't I? You'll have extra water intake, which will hold around. And also you'll have more, you'll have more food, food in your GI trap as well. So, well, yeah, it's so you're gonna you're gonna like... be on more food. So you, you're gonna be heavier. That does not mean that you have put fat on. And I think that's why people get scared of maintenance calories or bringing calories up. Now there was a, a study called the Matador study, which is where they compared two dieting groups. One, uh, this is for obese people, I believe as well. One was dieting for 16 weeks straight in a mm-hmm. calorie deficit. The other group was dieting for 30 weeks. Yeah. Okay. And on, this, on on and off. So this was diet yeah. breaks. So diet breaks, sorry, just to again, diet breaks is where you will come to maintenance for two weeks, then you'll come back into um a deficit. A deficit. And it's usually more of an aggressive deficit than usual, hence why sometimes you'll have Extreme. an aggressive calorie yeah. intake. It's it's good for diet breaks sometimes. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be mega aggressive, but I but find the it works better. There. Yeah. Um and these this this thirty week group did two weeks at maintenance, two weeks in a deficit. Um and what they found was that the group who did diet breaks and the 30-week um, diet actually retained more lean body mass. They had more tissue and they sustained the lower levels of body fat in in the long term as well. And they also had a, a, a better metabolic rate. And probably a better relationship with food. Exactly. So that's what they found from that study. So suggest that it also suggests that if we are 
leaner, it's better to have more frequent diet breaks. Yeah. So that that um kind of two week on, two week off is better as as leptin usually creeps down the leaner that we get. I think that's well that, so that means, that's the process that I did before yeah. Lanzarote, isn't it? So it's better for, it is better for leaner people. Um because also we want to try and retain as much lean body mass as possible. And we don't have as much as, as maybe someone who's obese. When you when you first start, and face for example, this is for someone who's heavier, larger, obese, um, it's better sometimes to not do, do those diet breaks as frequently. Maybe you'll do three weeks uh, a deficit and a week at maintenance. It doesn't need to be as frequent because you've got a lot more tissue to um, lose. And I prefer myself when I do these diet breaks to do it a bit more aggressively in those diet break periods and bring my calories back up again. And there's some comments in the, the, the Micro School Facebook group. I've actually seen people implementing this which is great to see. Um, and that's not even off our back, that's just off some of the coaching videos that we put into the, the school a, again. But obviously there's also great psychological benefits with diet breaks as well. Yeah, that's literally what I was just going to say. I feel like sometimes being in a calorie deficit can be okay for a lot of people and it's fine, you're doing it for a short period of time. However, some people really, really do struggle with that psychological relationship with food and I know for one when I had my eating disorder specifically and I was in a deficit and I was just, I was moody, I was low. I felt like like anxious all the time, no energy, brain fog. And there's all these different factors that you actually do need to take into consideration when you are going into a deficit. So how is it going to affect your relationships? How is it going to affect your work-life balance? How is it going to affect your ability to think? You have to take these into consideration. That's why a lot of the time diet breaks can be fantastic because it can just bring you back up. And quite frankly, it will just change your energy levels and you'll just feel overall pretty refreshed. And as Ben said, you really can't worry about putting on fat because you won't. And that's something that's sometimes really difficult to get into people's heads is remembering that when you go into maintenance calories, you're not going to just suddenly add on pounds of fat. Yes, yeah. you're going to hold a bit more weight probably um, if you are doing a diet break, but you're not going to be holding on to fat. It's just the water, it's just the glycogen. And if you're continuously at maintenance, like myself and Ben both are now, your weight's going to stay the same. Yeah. It's it, not going to change. Yeah, it will start to equal its, its way out. But the, the thing that you still need to remember if you're doing a diet break, the diet break doesn't mean that you just go into like eat whatever the hell you want. There's still... There's still a calorie budget there. There's still a calorie restriction. Like you're at maintenance calories. It doesn't a diet break doesn't insinuate just fuck your Eat diet crap, off. Yeah. yeah, it's still it still has parameters with it. It just gives you more flexibility. Yeah, it gives you more flexibility to maybe have I don't know an extra Mars bar. Do you know why I think it's do you know why I think it's good as well is because usually like when we start a diet and I'm a big advocate of starting calories up higher than than bringing them down obviously because your body becomes more efficient or your body starts to to move less when you bring calories down energy etc but as we chip calories away and we come to that part where it's the hardest bit now so we're trying to lose the last bit of body fat excuse me quick gas it is this is why I I tell him not to have a fizzy drink before the podcast oh sorry mum no Honestly, the the little burps, I just cannot. What human nature? <laughs> but when we when we as we bring calories down, then we get to this point where it's like fuck. I've got to try and lose this last bit. I'm demotivated to lose it, mm. and now I'm bringing calories down. So now you're not only demotivated, you're on lower calories than you were before when you weren't even motivated anyway. And it's kind of this vicious bit to be in. So that's where diet breaks really good because you go, okay, I'm at this part, weight is plateaued. 
Yeah. I'm not motivated. Let's bring calories back up for two weeks. Let's bring energy levels back up. Let's take a psychological break. And let's just enjoy being at maintenance calories. And the important thing is maintenance calories are maintenance. You're not losing weight. You're not adding weight. That's an important thing to know when it comes to psychology of it as well. Yeah, 100%. Now, with fat loss, there were a few things that I just wanted to dive into. I know Ben's going to chime into these as well. Because I actually wanted to relate this as well to not just calories in terms of not just the food you're eating. And there's three areas that you need to focus on in your life if you are aiming for fat loss targets or weight loss targets or whatever it is. Sleep, neat, and water intake. Mm -hmm. Now, these three things, you do them every day. You sleep every day, I hope. I hope you're all sleeping every day. Fucking hell, you... be some kind of human being if you weren't sleeping. <laughs> you, what we, we were watching a film the other day, weren't we? And they hadn't slept for like three hours, and we were like, "Oh my god, do you ever do that?" So by the way, realistic. I watch films sometimes and be like, "When did they fucking last sleep?" They did not. You don't actually. They didn't. What sleep was that film this, that we watched? It's like Home Homeland or something. It's the new one on Amazon Prime. It's actually pretty decent. Home, it's got Gerard. I don't know. It's got Gerard Butler in. He's great. He's fantastic. I do sometimes wonder, like, when have you slept? Like, yeah. they were going for two days straight. And they just didn't sleep, did they? Anyway. Sorry. But on the topic of sleep. Now, the thing is with sleep, that too little sleep triggers a cortisol spike. And this is your stress hormone that signals your body to conserve energy to fuel your waking hours. So, so to fuel the time you're actually awake. And this basically means you're more likely to hang on to fat. And I did a lot of research into this because it's quite a mixed topic in terms of how many hours sleep you should get and things like that and the book I would actually recommend for anyone to read myself and Ben have both read it is why we sleep by Matthew Walker really What's good book it is a really good book and maybe if you're not a reader just have a listen to his TED talks do you think he looks like a cartoon character like someone that you read a little from a bit book? I can imagine that yeah what, what, like a book that you read from school yeah what was that book called when you went through the colors and there's a guy the same guy was in it Oh, he reminds me a little bit of Hey Arnold, but well, his head's yeah. longer than sideways. Yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. He's good, yeah. He just <laughs> looks like a cartoon character. So research has found that when dieters cut back on sleep over a 14-day period, the amount of weight they lost from fat dropped by 55%, even though their calories stayed equal. They felt hungrier and less satisfied after meals as their energy was zapped. So it's not just that you aren't getting sufficient sleep throughout the night you've got to think about the next day in terms of what sleep deprivation actually does and something so interesting that I didn't actually even think about or take into consideration with one of these study groups with just a four day with just four days of insufficient sleep your body's ability to process insulin now this is just a hormone needed for changing your sugar your starches and other food into energy it goes amiss. So it basically, it just doesn't happen the way it's supposed to. And it drops by 30%. So your ability to respond properly to insulin drops by 30%, which is massive. That is absolutely huge. So your body has trouble processing fats from your bloodstream. So it ends up storing it as fat. And this is all because you're you're sleep deprived. So a lot of people who are sat scrolling on Instagram till 1am, yeah, you might not think anything's happening you're getting up at seven you know six hours sleep that's crap don't do it to yourself genuinely because even though it's not the be all end all to weight gain 
having sleep deprivation and not sleeping well, yet you're still going to lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit, but your metabolism contributes to the weight gain. Yeah, and you're obviously more stressed out, so it's going to affect like, your hunger hormones, yeah. your hunger signal, leptin, ghrelin, and that kind of thing. And for those who are watching this new series on, on YouTube, we've done a full episode on, on the importance of sleep as well. So make sure to go and check that one out. I think it was in series two. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is like even though you wouldn't think your sleep is correlated to fat loss or weight loss, over a long period of time it actually is. And I don't think when people are sat there scrolling on Instagram or they have a really poor nighttime routine that they even think about this. It might not have even crossed their mind. It's because like, it's that whole notion of what you do and the habits that you do repeatedly and after repetition, after a prolonged period of time, that's what starts to impact the end result, not just one day of of um of a certain action it's it's something that's repetitively done over a prolonged period of time that really starts to have consequences yeah and i guess if you have a poor sleeping pattern you've essentially created a, a bad habit like over a period of how time how bad is that habit then when i had nes yeah if, if for you for you guys who are new to the podcast because i think we have a, a lot of new listeners, subscribers yeah. and listeners um ben i'll let you talk about it it's your... i don't want to go so much into today no just explain what it is for nes is nighttime eating syndrome so it was where i used to get up in the middle and i subconsciously like almost sleepwalking and just go up and eat like a thousand calories at a time mm-hmm. um so i was stuck in that habit for like 12 to 18 months it's been like recently towards the end of last year really got out of the habit of it and i i realized it was massively to do with a lot of other factors apart from just um mental and psychological but more to do like the damage i'd done from being in a, a, a an aggressive deficit for a massive period of time yeah that, that was which just is which is uh, again kind of the reason why we've gone into this today mm-hmm. of talking about rapid fat loss because i was in those aggressive calorie deficits you were for low. way yeah. too long though but it was fine to do for a period mm. but you again out of it. but i didn't get out of it and that's what i'm going to explain today of how long we should be doing it for and and so on as well yeah, so just the last two little non-foodie topics. So the first one is NEAT. You've probably all heard of NEAT before, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is just the energy expended for everything that we do that doesn't include sleeping, eating, or exercise. And it can be as simple as standing up, taking the stairs, fidgeting, and things like that. Now, when you're trying to lose weight by cutting calories, you just need to be aware of your neat levels because when you drop your calories you'll fidget less you'll stand up less you'll move less so your actual total daily energy expenditure will decrease and it's just something to to keep in mind like maybe you've hit a plateau with your calorie deficit because you're generally not moving at all apart from when you've scheduled in a workout and just I'm only going to give you a few ways to incorporate neat you know taking the stairs standing up more if you're working from home you can walk around on the phone i feel like that's probably better yeah. than just sitting at your desk P- potentially aim for a step count doesn't have to be ten thousand steps but just give yourself a step count that you think you can hit every single day and then carry your shopping instead of using a trolley there's yeah. just a few the, things the other thing on top of that and i really enjoy that and that's why i can't wait to get the office in the other house is that we'll be doing these podcasts potentially standing up yeah because well, I, you do sit down for quite a while. Mm, I used to do, I had that stand-up desk member in the old office. Mm. Sorry, I'm burping again. Oh, God. And, like, imagine, just just for now, say, for exa- the example, this podcast is an hour, an extra hour that we still have for the day. Yeah. There was actually a 
a stat on that I didn't write it down but it was for example an office worker sitting down will burn about 100 calories over a period Carl can you pull that up wow look how quick that is it's something to do with like if you're stood up for I don't know if it was like four hours you'll burn a no if you're sat down in an office you'll burn like 100 calories Mm -hmm. if you're stood up it's 170 yeah 102 calories per hour sitting down 102 per hour sitting down and I think it's I think I remember it being 170 stood up so that's a huge difference over even over a week or a month even if you accumulate yeah exactly if you accumulate 200 an hour. hour. Obviously, that does depend on like your stats and so that's, your, that's your average, height yeah. and weight. That's an average. But imagine that, like just an extra hour per day, and then over a week, and then over a month. Like it's when we're talking about those monumental things that you are hammering home consistently, progressively. It, it adds up. And I also feel like at the moment, because most of the UK is working from home, if you do have phone calls to make, or even if you want to invest in a stand-up desk do it like if you're if you're the type of person who actually says like I can't hit 10k steps or 8k steps because I I have an office job okay that is no problem but you're just making excuses you can definitely stand up you can definitely stand up or you can move around or you can take a call stood up I think that's like much more beneficial for someone yeah we got those other ones those uh yeah yeah they were really good. IKEA is great though, isn't it as well? Like I love IKEA. Um, I mean, for a stand-up desk as well, they weren't mega expensive, were they? Um, no, they weren't. And you can get the ones that actually already go on a desk. Yeah, the, the ones. That, well, even the ones that we've got, like we haven't got the one now, but the laptop ones even raise them a little bit. And even if you go and stand at a different surface for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm just looking at the kitchen surface there yeah. and thinking you could actually work from there if you exactly. really wanted to. Can I just dive into the last point? Well, just the last one is actually you, you water. So I know, it's actually water intake. Now, water helps to remove waste from the body. And when the body is dehydrated, it can't correctly remove waste. And we know what we're talking about when we say waste. Yeah, I don't need to go into poo. that. Yeah. And it... <laughs> I, I think guys have more of like a fascination they with say, poo. Yeah, they oh, do. Or when you're a kid. Remember that video they brought, Ollie? It's tough with poo yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's very strange. Kids just love poo stop saying it now <laughs> um it helps the kidneys to filter toxins and waste while the organ retains essential nutrients and electrolytes but when the body is dehydrated the kidneys retain fluid so if you're thinking oh gosh i look quite watery today go for a poo oh i'm no oh. wrong answer Sorry. if i'm looking quite watery today or you're experiencing dehydration it can obviously result in constipation as well. And we've probably all been there. But if you aren't constipated and everything's flowing properly and your digestive uh, system's working well and you don't have any issues, you aren't going to be as bloated. You aren't going to be as constipated. You aren't going to be holding on to as much water. Therefore, it equates to weight gain over time in terms of storing the weight. Yes, you can go to the toilet and flush things out. But it's really important just to see like how much water you drink in a day. I'd recommend to anyone a minimum of two liters. If you can't hit two liters, I'd question yourself. Once people say they hit about less than a liter, I'm like, you really got to work on that. Yeah, but at the same time, there was actually a question in the Facebook group, our coaching group the other day, about how much is too much water intake because I think one of the guys was drinking eight liters a day. That's ridiculous. That seems a lot. But he just said he felt thirsty all the time, dehydrated. And But the thing you've got to remember is when you're drinking that much, 
you've got to think about your electrolyte balance and you, you're completely flushing out and washing out. So you're flushing all those electrolytes out of the system, which can be dangerous. So that is a thing with too much water as well. Yeah, it, it's the same thing when someone says uh, good food and bad food. There isn't good food and bad food, but too much of one thing, too much broccoli, you're going to be gassy as hell. Too much, too many Mars bars over a period of time or too much cake, you're probably going to gain weight. Too much water, you're flushing everything out of your system. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually really interesting. Like too much of any anything can be bad. Do you know what Bananas. I'm Bananas. Bananas. Yeah, potassium. Too much potassium. Yeah. yeah. I think um, on that note, I think you, talking about poo as well, I'll just go back to the poo because I like, talk. Maybe say feces. No, I like saying poo. If I want to say poo, let's, let's not be so, pe- let's not, Cause that's because I'm a girl, you know. Let's not cause poo stigma because we should just be open to talk about poo when we feel like it. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just the the the, the actual word. Let's just say it. Like, oh, <laughs> <say> it. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> I think feces, feces and urine just sounds a bit more oh, appropriate. God. When I get a proper laugh, I have to sound like um. Is it you Jimmy sound Carl like you're wheezing. I don't know. But the, I think there is a period where you can. Go, when you go to the toilet, you can sit down for too long and it's not healthy. What do you mean? Like, apparently, like, if you sit down too long... Like, I like going for a toilet break sometimes. I'll sit down and... For half an hour. Not half an hour, but I like to sit down and treat myself sometimes. I think, there is that, I think there's actually a stat on that, isn't it, Carl? If you can you can be sat down on the toilet for too long, like, there's a, there's a limit. Like, you shouldn't be on the toilet for a certain longer time. Because I'm not sure if it, like, scientifically does something to your bowel... But there's something to do with... Oh, it's in, like, the pressure. Yeah. Oh, God. After a laugh then, it probably I, hurt my chest. So the key takeaway is sitting on the toilet for long periods of time. Doing it too long may cause hemorrhoids and cause... Hemorrhoids? Yeah, see. Symptoms such as pain, swelling, bleeding. So, boys out there, if you go to sit on the toilet and play on your phone for 30 minutes, have a rethink. Because it can cause hemorrhoids, I know hemorrhoids, girls don't yeah. do sit on the toilet I, for I do minutes. think about that sometimes when I've been sitting there. I think it's minging sometimes when I scroll and I'm having a poo because then I have to wash my phone, almost like clean my phone afterwards. I've, I've no words should we should we just should we move on okay we'll move on so they're just three things i want you to take into consideration your neat your sleep and, and then no and then your hydration okay. levels okay we'll move on but just diving back into the topic of rapid fat loss now and there's some key nuggets that i want to speak on today quite fit nice nuggets okay let's move on um i don't recommend rapid fat loss for everyone just to start with okay let's let's get that right it's, it's for a limited number of people of anything. Mm-hmm. And the the main factor comes down to sustainability is always the issue. Yeah. And that's why it's not for everyone. But there is also nothing wrong with it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. with social media and there's like this tribe of people who have got kind of like this superiority, wanting to be a big dick, good Samaritan of bashing Bashing, uh, bashing diets. Bashing, di- bashing diets, not only that, but bashing uh, aggressive diet or, or a low-calorie diet because they don't fully understand it. We're not saying the average person who wants to lose a bit of weight, who's training a couple of times a week, should be on a really aggressive diet. Because not saying for everyone, yeah. And also, just for a, a complete disclaimer, by the way, if you have an eating disorder, you should not be an aggressive diet or really restricted calories because that was one of the main reasons that kicked mine off because mm-hmm. it was a, an aggressive dieting period for a prolonged period of time so just to get that one out there it's not for people who've got disordered eating 100 yeah. who it's great oh, for. on that note as well myself and ben have actually just signed up to get our 
fully certified qualifications in eating disorders. So we will be clinically qualified to talk. It's actually a really, really complex topic. And because myself and Ben have both experienced eating disorders, a lot of people do come to us. However, we have to say, this is our experience. However, we cannot advise, but we want to be able to advise you. So we are doing our qualifications. Yes, indeed. It takes us a while to get through. I think they're like, it's like a six or seven months job, isn't it? That's just the first part. Then we've got part two. But it's going to be super interesting anyway. Um, But yeah, the, the people who it is great for, is like I just touched on before, the obese population. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because for for someone who's maybe uh, obese, it's hard to stay motivated. Like it's hard, mm-hmm. especially for someone who's not seeing any results. And it's hard to see results at first, especially visually. And that's why I don't bite the scales because it's, it's an important metric to use, especially at first. And for people who need to kickstart their journey quickly, and maybe they've tried everything before, it hasn't worked. They've tried bringing calories down slowly. They've tried being at a higher calorie intake. They've tried this and that. And they just need some motivation. And we know through getting results, that sparks, sparks the motivation. So I think it's great for those people who are severely obese because it helps them lose a large amount of weight quickly. It kickstarts the journey. They're now motivated. They now see it as sustainable change they've made the transition they feel better about themselves they have more self-belief they love themselves now so it's great like think about all those those great pros that just come from from that small period in a um aggressive diet and if they like it or not and so that's why i think it's important that we educate people on this and don't just go oh, it's bullshit like it, you shouldn't be doing it because motivation is a key player here in this in this part of aggressive dieting and for the person who's beast who has tried everything, this could be like that spark that for them. It could save their life. Yeah. It could I it agree. could put it could put years onto the life and help them continue to then move into a more balanced diet once they come through this phase. Yeah. There was actually a really scary stat that you showed me the other day, wasn't there, about obesity now being one of the second causes for cancer. Oh, fucking don't get me started on this because... It was really like, it was a really scary stat though, to be fair, because you kind of look at that and you think, no, 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 so like alcohol, smoking, this and that, everything will come before that. And it was yeah. it was really well, quite like even, eye-opening. Even like alcohol and drinking fell behind it. It, yeah. was, it was the second biggest cause of um, a lot of different um, types of cancers as well. And this was the thing that I said... I meant by don't get me started on this. I meant don't get me started on the whole fat doctor thing that people might have seen on ITV. Um, was it this morning? Uh, Good morning, Britain, I think. Oh, no, it was this morning. Yeah, yeah. and this fat doctor saying, if you can't lose weight... Her name is the, the fat, fat doctor, doctor, by, by the, the way. way. And she was saying, don't even try. Losing weight is a privilege. And, like, you, if you try, there's no point. You basically diets don't tell work. to give up. Give up. Like, what sort of advice is that from a health professional, by the way? And the thing for me is, if someone in the worst situation possible, the worst circumstances possible, has been born into a life which isn't privileged, and that person has lost weight and got themselves into a better position, there's no fucking excuse not to that you can't do it. Mm. Oh, and, wh- and I think the biggest thing with the message that she was putting out was, was disempowerment. How are you empowering people to better their life? Yeah. I hate it when people glorify obesity and false and we spoke about this a lot of times and i don't believe in fat shaming because fat shaming has no fucking place in the industry whatsoever there's no place in the world I don't yeah. know how it was even invented we know all the negatives that come from it because we've done full podcasts on it if you want to go back on those ed- episodes but the one thing i can't get on board with is people who are gonna say oh you, sh- you should just love the w- yeah you can love the way you are so I'm, I'm getting off tangent but like I, I put a tweet out the other day and they summarized it really well is that <clears throat> 
everybody everybody is a beautiful body but not everybody is a healthy body mm-hmm. and that's important because you can you can love your body it doesn't mean it's fucking healthier i think at the end of the day all you've got to look at is the freaking science and the research do you know everything always comes down to okay so statistically what does the research say what does that number say it's not this isn't coming from us it's coming from masses and masses of data and studies and research into okay now being founded that obesity is the second cause of cancer it it's a stat that is staggering and you you can't you can't ignore ignore that no i think we need to take it and educate people because as we know punishment and a negative reinforcement doesn't change behaviors but it's an important stat to to realize regardless mm-hmm. to just pull back onto the topic of rapid fat loss and as i was saying for those people who are obese it's a good start of however there still needs to be a programmed transitional period because you can't stay on that calorie intake for long periods of time so like when we when we block people's programs out like I say it's like this is why you, you can't do like 12 week and be like, oh, I'm done. It might be a good kickstart. You go look at programs over a long period of time, maybe 12 months, and we have phases, okay, here we are for this person who's obese, um, and this a great uh, aggressive diet phase, and then we're going into bringing calories up into a more balanced diet and a more sustainable diet. We've got that kickstart that we needed, a little bit like, we've used the analogy of a rocket a couple of times in different scenarios, mm-hmm. a little bit like a rocket to kind of get that launch, and then we need to move at a speed which is a little bit more sustainable and maintainable when it comes to the diet. So it's really important to realize that just now to move on over on to the cons of aggressive dieting because i think it's important that we address both sides you are going to be to, to be tired yeah when you, really for, fatigued yeah really fatigued for some people when they drop into aggressive diet they have a, an energy spike because like i don't know what the, the exact reason is but they usually get an energy spike maybe because they're not as bloated not thinking about food as much they can just crack on with the day but then you will get a drop in in energy um, you're going to be more hungry. Your appetite's going to pick up at first until it kind of like finds that balance. And then the other thing is, it's it's not, again, I want to reiterate, reiterate this fact, it's not for people with eating disorders. Please don't try it. Yeah, and it's also, you've got to remember, it's not, that's not a long-term thing. You, you don't do aggressive diets for a, a long period of time, as Ben has already said to you. I think also as well, what's important to know you need to know that you're the type of person who can do it. You have to have that. You have to have a pretty good psychological relationship with food, yeah. As well, to know you can do something like that. I think the other thing is, I wouldn't always advise this for people who have been going at a dieting for a long, t- long time. Mm. I, I'd usually advise for people who are, who are just starting out dieting, and that may seem backwards to some people. Um, but for people who've been dieting for a long period of time and going, oh, I'm actually qu- at quite low calories already. I've stopped losing weight. And by the way, you will stop losing weight. You will plateau. And you're more probably beneficial to move calories up a little bit than move them down. If you already at low, low calories and you go, oh, I'm just going to move to aggressive calories now. And your motivation is already low like we talked about before. It, I just don't think it's going to be... It's not sustainable. To go stricter isn't going to be more jump beneficial. Up, jump up the maintenance. And I want to get out of it. The other, the other person it might be beneficial for, by the way, and if, if anyone from this kind of like category is, is watching or listening... It's, it's great for athletes as well. Athletes who need to drop weight quickly, to drop water quickly, to, to hit a certain weight target for competitions and that kind of stuff. Fucking great. It, it, works, it works really well because it's for a short period of time to meet um, a, a, requirement. a requirement. Yeah. So that's what is also good for. Now, I think the really, really, really important part of this is, and again, I don't want people to take this out of context, is how long should you be sticking to these aggressive dieting periods for? Mm-hmm. 
And what we've got to remember is that we will have metabolic changes within these these times. And the other thing to note is they will fix themselves. The body is very, very um, clever. clever. Thank you for the words of mouth. Why are you five? Yeah. Jinx, what am I not, I'm not supposed to speak to the I've rest of the podcast said, now I've actually not said, okay, Benjamin Haldon, I said your full <laughs> name. <laughs> you should always used to do that in, in like primary school and someone oh, said, Jinx, Padlock, one, Jinx, two, pad- yeah, that was it. Jinx, We're doing Padlock, a fucking one, two, pod- podcast though. I'm well, I've not said Jinx since I was about 12, so okay. I thought I'd just bring it back. All right. When does that ever happen then where you say the same thing at the exact same time? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the hardest thing is like the mental change. Yeah. And stay in that period and the relationship with food, if you try and stay in that, for me, like it, it massively led to my eating disorders of staying in that aggressive deficit for, I would say, probably six months. Mm-hmm. Remember last year? Because my whole thing was that, or maybe the year before, I was just cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting for ages. We were going along. We were going away quite a lot. I was, I was doing a lot of like photo shoot stuff and I was just in this really bad momentum and it led to an eating disorder. Yeah, I was going to say, you did have NAS as well. So it's kind of like you were eating high calories, but not knowing yeah. you kind of eaten them then you're in a severe deficit and you got in just a really ba- bad eating disorder the bounce cycle. back the bounce back is always worse it's like mm. when i did my first bodybuilding show i'm the only bodybuilding show and you see it all the time and there was even pages made for it there's pages made for chefs or people or whatever who were creating um pages for people who were post-show to make the biggest the cakes biggest stuff. binge eating cakes and biggest binge eating parcels you that's, could possibly. I reckon it was just fucking fueling thing. that whole thing mm. It's fueling people, restricted diet, and then just blowing the the arse off it when they've come to the end. Yeah, I truly think with bodybuilding competitions, and I've never done one, so I can't say truly, but those people are in an aggressive diet for a long period of time. Yeah. That is, no, I would never recommend that as a coach, and I get it, it's a sport, 100% fair play, but I'd never recommend my, my girls to cut yeah. to such a low body fat percentage no. for stepping on stage and this is the key bit here and this is where it comes to rec- this is just my recommendation when it comes to how long you should maybe aggressively be dieting for i would say anywhere from seven days to to maybe 30 days as a maximum mm. maximum by the way i think that was the um i don't know if it was the 30 days that was used for that was this the sh- nhs this super study. Study. yeah uh, seven to 14 days is usually ideal because then you can bring calories back up but that's like that's a minimum and max if we take an average it might be like 14 up to... Yeah, I'd say like, se- like for 7 to 14 for yeah, yeah. most. And that's why if people are just tuning in for certain parts of this podcast or skipping along and then going, oh, Ben's recommending low calories, shut the fuck up. Yeah, you will be blocked. Like, <laughs> and listen to what we're saying and, mm. t- and take the whole context of the podcast, not just certain snippets of stuff because yeah. that's where people cherry pick information to chat shit or to, 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 to back their personal narrative yeah well it's like with that girl who did the calorie calculator she scribbled out all the other deficit yeah. and maintenance stats which were like 2000 1700 1300 800 she scribbled everything out and put the my coach school recommended 800 calories that's the same thing definitely with that. not it's the like... same thing with <laughs> that fat doctor people will cherry pick bits of science and bits of information to back their personal narrative to it's make their point exactly to make their point more valid anyone can do that anyone can pick any bits of research to back something that they believe in and then make it look like, oh, this is the fucking pinnacle. No, it's mm. not. Yeah. That's what? user bias, isn't it, or something? Something like that. Yeah. Did it in but psychology. What I prefer to do when it comes to these aggressive diets is cycle calories or cycle calories throughout the year. So like now I'm in maintenance calories 
or just just a little bit above maintenance calories now because I brought them up again. And then I'll run a phase of bringing them down again. And I'll run them in different phases. And this is why a dieting phase isn't just like, oh, it's like 12 weeks, whatever. It's a whole, it can be a whole year. You, it's good to look at a 12-week block and look at it in different cycles of when you're going to do stuff of leaning down, building up. And often we do talk about, oh, you can build muscle and lose fat at the same time. But then there is optimal periods of just focusing on building tissue and being in maintenance and there is optimal points of just losing body fat or trying to keep that lean tissue as well yeah it's really personal dependent as well it's kind of like what do you want to achieve what are your goals maybe you're generally not that fussed and you just want to be happy and healthy and you're just chilling you don't want to bulk you don't want to cut and that's fine you'll just maintain where you're currently at you'll just Mm. maintain your calories and that's fine but there are also a lot of people who want to lose weight and lose fat or they want to put weight on and build muscle it's just completely dependent on you as a person and try and not compare what you're doing to someone else if you're struggling obviously join the my coach school but if you're generally if you're struggling just ask somebody for help just think i've i have a lot of girls who dm me saying i'm on 1300 calories and nothing's happening i'm like okay what are your stats send me over your stats i'll work out your calories why are you on 1,300? What made you get? So that you ask them questions, you talk them through it, you educate them and then you help them reverse diet. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things where I definitely think for women, they fall into that trap of thinking they just need to keep dropping and dropping their calories just purely because they're not educated on the topic. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, maintenance calories is a great place to be, by the way. Like I've never been so happy as I am now. Yeah, I mean, and- I've had... I can't train for two weeks, so I'm not feeling but 1, you're at maintenance calories, but I'm at maintenance you, you'd calories. You'd be happier at that than you will be in a deficit. <gasps> if I was in a deficit, do you know now, why though? So do you know why people get scared of maintenance or they don't like doing maintenance or whatever? It's because it's not sexy, is it? Mm. Being at, being at maintenance doesn't sound so. Oh, I'm just maintaining it. It's not it's not sexy yeah. word, is it? And I think well, I love it, but there's um the other study that I've quoted before um of um the people who were at maintenance calories and people were in a surplus and oh, yeah. they looked at the amount of lean tissue that was added over I think it might have been a twelve week period. There's no what's the word no significant difference in the amount of tissue retained, muscle tissue um sorry, muscle tissue gained. I'm not saying that there wasn't a difference, it wasn't significant though. But there was a significant difference in the amount of body fat accumulated in the surplus group to the maintenance group. Mm-hmm. That's why maintenance calories are a great place to start with if, if you want to build more tissue. And the thing that we've got to remember is we've got to get away from worrying about it you're not adding weight okay sorry you will add weight at first but that's glycogen water food in the gi trap it will slowly come down again being at maintenance calories there's lots of benefits to it you'll sleep better you'll move more you'll have more energy you'll feel psychologically at ease you'll train hard like my calorie expenditure has been high when i'm training because i'm pushing more weight and pushing more load my training my strength's gone up like it, i've just benefited so much from just being at maintenance calories and uh, a lot of people feel like they don't deserve it. Like, oh, I haven't lost mm. enough weight, so I can't be at maintenance calories. Yet. I don't deserve more food. I think the problem is as well, is the word maintenance. Yeah. like It's got like a weird stigma actually around it, hasn't it? It's when people, oh, I'm just maintaining, I'm just moving along. Like, it's not, oh, I'm, I'm fucking losing fat or I'm gaining muscle, like I'm gaining something. You should f- maintain, like, I feel like there needs to be a different word for maintaining. Yeah. It's kind of like With your... New th- word for maintaining, go. I feel like developing. Developing calories. <laughs> no, it's in just to kind of like your... Okay, instead of maintenance de- calories, what would it be? Ma- maintenance calories. Developing. Developing calories. I think developing because you're, in terms of your mindset is developing, your body's still developing because you're eating more food, but you're feeling better. Yeah. Developing doesn't mean you're growing. It just means you're changing 
physically and mentally yeah. as a person. Is there, is there any synonyms for sustenance? Sustenance calories. Oh, that's, no, that one's no, surely not. Sustenance. Sounds I like think the... developing calories is lovely. You're not growing. You're not losing. You're you're developing where you're currently at. You're working on yourself where you're currently at now. Stop. You couldn't have building calories because you could. Continuation, continuation calories is quite nice. Oh, continuity calories. Momentum calories. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just other positive words that could be used around the the area, but there's lots of things that happen and and come from it. Like, for example, when I look at lockdown one to lockdown three in maintenance calories, I've been achieved far more whilst I've been at maintenance calories than whilst I've been at the other. Energy levels have come up as well. Uh, Hunger isn't as as high. Um, Overall stress has gone down because I'm not stressing about foods and what I can and can't eat. Uh, Lean body mass has gone up. And I'm able to sustain my, my body levels for a longer period. I do get fluctuations in weight. Like I weighed myself the other week, I was 202. The next day, I was 208. You're going to get fluctuations in weight sometimes, not just the the way it is. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. <laughs> la- la- last... You spoke about everything Sorry. I want to speak about. The last thing I just want to quickly touch on, I don't know if you've got any other topics. No, we're good. The, the last thing that I want to touch on before we wrap things up is is understanding calories and, and mm-hmm. often when people are overeating. And I know I've spoken about this before, but there's there's a paper in the British Journal of Nutrition which was looking at how people track calories and how wrong people track them. Yeah. And I think this is why people keep bringing them down, down, down and thinking, oh, I'm in deficit already. I've got to bring them further down. No, it's because you're not tracking them properly in the first place. And then you're bringing food out of actual meals to increase the amount that you're just nibbling on shit. And I think it was the... the, the monitored a group of females who were submitting like what the calories were i think it's supposed to be 1340 they actually found out that they were eating 2500 calories that's how far over they were going when it comes to tracking and i think they concluded that 30 percent of people it was either 30 percent of people no it wasn't it, it wasn't, was based it wasn't, on women yeah it wasn't it wasn't 30 percent of people it was the amount that they were going over on average was 30 percent. that was for the average person mm. but then there was also a study done on dietitians yeah so dietitians who were tracking, and they were going over by an average of 220 calories. That's dietitians, by the way. Do you know what it is as well? I bet they just generally didn't know how to use MyFitnessPal or whatever they were using. But dietitians, they were yeah. 100% know how to use MyFitnessPal. It's just, there's, a, there's often um, like a bit of a bumper or fluffer in regards to when people are doing stuff. So always just be careful like, when it comes to tracking calories that people are often very off. And it's, it's hard when it comes to high-calorie-dense foods like peanut butters and nuts and stuff like that. It's very easy to kind of throw that off by a little bit or have a little few nibbles of stuff and then calories just surge over. Well, it's even that thing we've spoke about a lot with like liquid calories in terms of I will always, well, at the moment because I'm not training, I'll do like an hour-and-a-half walk. And on that walk, I will get a large latte with oat milk that's like 200 calories, yeah. you know? Like, just because you're thinking, oh, I've drank them. Yeah, but you've, they've not, you've not drank them and they've fallen out your arse straight away. <laughs> like, you've you've still drank, drank the calories. And oh, yeah. for a lot of people, if you are frustrated that you've hit a plateau, you're not losing weight, just kind of have a little look like, are you picking at something in the day? Does the hand go? Did you, do you have a biscuit? Do you have this? Do you have that? It's fine to have it. But also know that if you are on a fat loss journey, just incorporate it into your calories in versus calories out and you'll be absolutely fine. Just just make sure you're aware of what you're picking at. Yeah, I think that's the other problem of like... Oh, I thought you were about to come and hold my hand then. No, this is a good thing. Just just I have more space now. Remember when I said to you last week, it's like when you're on a plane and those people like put the... That was arms. literally me. I did do that a lot, yeah. I'm sorry. I've got more space. That's a nice t-shirt, by the way. Who got you, you did. I think I've pretty much covered all the points I wanted to cover. Yeah, I feel like we definitely went into 
every element of not just fat loss that was the main topic of the podcast but obviously talking quite heavily on maintenance calories and allowing you to understand that it yeah. is absolutely fine I to think, be at maintenance calories. I think what we kind of want to do is almost like going fishing today. I want to fish people in with the rapid fat loss, educate them, but then leave them with this the notion of, oh, what we, what's on your way for maintenance calories? What did we decide? Developing or continue, uh, continuous. Continuous or developing. I quite like developing calories like as well because like, it's like you get, you're getting better. Yeah. To be on developing calories slash maintenance calories is a very, very good thing, especially mm-hmm. in lockdowns where we haven't got loads of kids to play with. We want to try and sustain and, and keep lean body mass up um, and be on a psychological break. Like, just try it. Like, you don't even have to go to maintenance calories, by the way. You can go just under to first to start with, and you're not going to add any body fat. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Like, I've used that quote before of a moving car. It's that maintenance speed. It's not going faster. It's not going slower. Just try it out because you will benefit a lot from being at that number. Yeah, 100%. And as always, guys and girls who are listening, thank you so much if you are reviewing the podcast. Oh, yeah. By the way, all reviews have gone, like, through the roof, which is yeah, sick. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, we we sit there and we just read them and we're so thankful the the messages are honestly they're really really thoughtful they're so kind i was, re- I was set up i started reading the other day at like half 10 i was there till 12 o'clock and i, I know them. i asked what says i was like what are you doing where have you been yeah. but no we are super thankful and obviously this month we do have the competition running throughout the whole of february so we are going to announce the winner at the end of february yes and for people who are listening on the new youtube series free then oh, yeah. please make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel or if you're listening on podcast or spotify maybe check out the youtube version of it you might yeah. like seeing our faces talking a little bit as well make sure to like the video subscribe share the link to other people who might want to watch and listen to it that'd be great as well yeah definitely so a massive thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you in next week's episode guys bye, bye.